Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. January 2nd, 2020. Yeah. All right, let's go. Okay, who are you? Benny Ellie Dots, who are you? I am Jim Jams, and <laughs> welcome to Why Is Cats, the only podcast on the internet where we talk about the movie Cats exclusively. For anyone that hasn't listened, we saw the film, we went in unarmed with any information, we were blown away, mm-hmm. we were confused, so we thought we'd go back to the source. Let's watch the West End musical. And we decided to bring someone along with us. Um, we've brought another Jellicle cat along <laughs> with us today. Can you please introduce yourself? Hello. <laughs> Alexi. I love the movie. <laughs> we've got a movie cat. Yeah. I'm a movie cat. Yes, Movical I love cats. the movies. <laughs> Cinematical cats. <laughs> Alexi Toliopoulos oh. from Total Reboot yes. and Yay. Finding Drago. Guys, Welcome. thank you for having me on this beautiful adventure down the... I don't even... I feel weird. I don't know what yeah. to say. I feel upset a little bit. I feel strange. Well, this is great. <laughs> These are the emotions we want to tap into. I have an extremely tingly body right now. Yeah. You, My body's all tingles. I've seen many emotions from you over the years, but I've never seen you that... Genuinely uncomfortable. <laughs> it's and just, genuinely, like, I could see your skin crawling. <laughs> you compared it at one point to I, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, it's got that feeling. Like, <laughs> I think uh, the greatest success of what this piece of art, it's undeniable this is art, by the way. This is art. <laughs> I would never deny that this is art. But that what it does very successfully is that it does capture that feeling that you've stumbled across something that you've like, mm. oh, I found yeah. this secret society of yep. cats and this is all fucked up and what they're like and it stinks and whatever, you know. So for the people listening at home or in the alley <laughs> or if they're Gumby cats by the fire, we forced Alexi to watch the movie first. Yep. And then to just sit down with us and watch the West End production of it, which was filmed, I don't know when. but I think it's, 1998. 
1998, beautiful time, just before um, Phantom Menace came out. <laughs> so the world is ablaze right now. <laughs> There's people waiting in line before to see Jar Phantom Jar. Menace. Before Jar Jar, there was <laughs> Rumple Teaser. <laughs> so we forced you to watch the Blu-ray version yep. of the West End production with us. Now, let's let's go to your film experience first. Yeah. Tell me about watching Cats in the cinema. Did you know anything about it before you went in? Well, I knew Memory. I know the song. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful song. I like that song. Yeah. And I knew that it was a musical about cats. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the plot was. I didn't know like, oh, it's a... a <laughs> Neither do we. I kind of <laughs> thought it was like, if anything, I was like, oh, it's going to be like Oliver Twist because English or whatever. <laughs> it's going like, to be a little orphan cat. Yeah. That's what I thought it would be like. A little like Oliver and cat. Company. Yes. Like Oliver yeah, and right. Company, the Billy Joel musical for Disney. <laughs> the Disney animated Billy Joel musical. Uh, I thought it would be kind of like that because I was like, oh, it's like in English shit. The English story is always a little orphan or whatever. You know, it's a musical. They're all about orphans. Like Annie and Oliver. <laughs> it's kind of what I thought it was going to be. Isn't Annie American? Yeah, I know, but it's, you know, it singing. feels British. It feels English because it's old. <laughs> All old stuff is English, in my opinion. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't know anything about that. Uh, like, I knew it was Andrew Lloyd Webber. I knew that Mrs. Sheffield had. Uh, decided not to pick up cats and it was his greatest regret in the nanny. Oh, so that's all okay. Like, I didn't oh, even really? know yeah. that. So he, like, you know, that's that, that everyone goes, oh, you didn't pick up cats. He goes, it's singing cats in an alley. Why would I pick it up? Yeah. And I, so I didn't know any jack shit about all that stuff. <laughs> but I kind of want to see it because the trailer really captured my attention. Sure. When the trailer came out, I'm like, mm-hmm. like, this is something. This is. What was your initial reaction to the trailer? Like, did you have an, did you have a visceral emotional response or was it just, this looks, you know, fucked up. I'll check that out. Pure fascination. I think yeah. in that kind of way, like I love the idea of midnight movies. Yep. And also with you, Cam, like we've reviewed movies like Valerian and stuff where mm-hmm. I'm like, I love an ambitious speed racer. Speed racer. Mm-hmm. Like I love an ambitious disaster or ambitious yeah. creation. I'm like, when I see something like that, I'm like, oh, I'm excited because I know that I'm going to be like fascinated and raptured by it kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, th- movies like Valerian and Speed Racer, they feel like movies from like a hundred years in the future that have somehow <laughs> ended up in like a Blu-ray player now. And so like- But do you I- see them as like spectacular failures or- No, just- no those two in particular, no. I'm right. just like, oh, that's, I like, I, I don't know- I can't look at them uh, with like a, the objective lens. I'm always like, oh, this is so fascinating. I don't, because yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. in the process of me being fascinated is enough alone for me to fall in love with the movie. So mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. this one looks like an instant midnight movie. Like this looks so in- insane <laughs> and so fascinating. Like the way they're being put together and it's based on this like iconic <laughs> musical. It's kind of like the last, um, it's the last like iconic stage musical that has not been turned to a film mm-hmm. apart from like, you know, contemporary examples like Hamilton and stuff. Yep. So I know that's why Tom Hooper did it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, I was interested for it for all of those reasons. The cast was fascinating. Like Jason Derulo. <laughs> so, like, like all of it on paper, I'm just like, this is so my shit. And I think that if anyone that has listened to Cameron and I review movies before, they would definitely like take the bet. The easy bet would be like, Alexi will love this. Cameron will be bored and detest it. <laughs> I completely <laughs> thought that you would fall in love with mm. this. And I was bored the entire time. <laughs> oh, that breaks no. my yeah. fucking heart. You know no. how upsetting that is that for me to heart. just not be like, oh, what a joyous occasion that I found the new crazy movie that I can watch a hundred so times. So what, what were you bored by? Was it the 
dance the sequences. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> the trailers. Was, yeah, no, I was bored. The trailers were all right. It was like the new James Bond and but stuff that's, but like uh, that. This is what I can't understand because we were literally on the other end of the spectrum in mm, like yeah. I couldn't have been less bored. I yeah. want to study every frame yeah. of this thing. Mm. So, yeah, why were you I don't know. That's it? what I find fascinating is like this. I don't know. The miracle of this movie is that it's truly one of the more insane things ever put to freaking film and like a mainstream way, millions yeah. of dollars. One of the more insane things, but I was bored the entire time. <laughs> like from the minute that like she flops out of that car, I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> but I think as well, like, you know, I didn't have the experience that you guys had where you're like, you know, you're in like this, no one has seen the movie yet when you're seeing it. Yeah. Like this yeah. is like a true moment of discovery. You're you're those people walking in and discovering the cats mucking around. <laughs> stuff. But I think like if I saw it probably a week after. So there'd already been like negative buzz out there. There'd been the negative buzz, but there's still that was enough for me to go like, oh, I can't wait. I'm excited. But we went to I went with my partner, my best friend B. And we were like, I'm like, these are great people to see this crazy movie with. It's going to be fun. And we went to like a <laughs> session that wasn't full in a small cinema at Palace Leichhardt. Nah. And there was two other people like our age, a couple. I'm like, they're here the same as us. This is going to be great. Yeah. We can talk or whatever. But then in front of us was like this old Grizabella type. <laughs> like <laughs> this lady that's come by herself. She's enraptured by it. Like her <laughs> arms are swaying around. <laughs> what? She was, dancing. she was like in her chair. She's like get, getting involved. She was getting her life. Really? Oh Energy was coming from the movie Long to lyrics. Well, I could only see the back of her head, but uh, you know, she was her arms were waving. She was jellical. <laughs> you witnessed the jellical person out there in the wild. I saw her get it taken up into the sky. <laughs> Old Deuteronomy. When when Judy Dench stared at her, this woman disappeared, <laughs> leaving just a coat behind. She's speaking specifically to me. <laughs> but like you know, this you know, I couldn't even like you can't heckle the movie if someone's getting their life they'll be so rude of course so I just like had to go on Twitter and stuff like that and it's like I like I need to talk about this this is this is a traumatic experience see this is the thing I think the movie succeeds when you have the room Mm. to uh kind of not sit there rigid as though what you're watching is rational on Mm. any level Because it's irrational. It's completely irrational. It's completely irrational. And I think that I, I do think that this does have a future uh, as a midnight movie. Like yeah. I, I will, I will stand by that. I think that, yeah. that in a future, if the rights don't become weird or if like people don't become really ashamed of it and they can like embrace <laughs> it for what it is, this will make money for years and be <sighs> in cinemas forever. Yeah. I'd like to hope that too. But then there's the. It's exactly what you just said. If people don't become ashamed of mm. it, the star power in this movie is so big that someone could bury it. Yeah. It could never get released after its cinematic mm. release. Yeah. Every person in this movie is at least a semi-intelligent, if not very very intelligent person. You cannot tell me when they were mincing around in those ridiculous motion capture mm. suits <laughs> that they weren't completely aware of what they were in. Like that's that's yeah. the thing I'm fascinated by. Like what did that what was the vision in their head? Well, man, uh, when Idris Elba's dancing up Tom those Hooper's steps, how does- film was Les Mis, yeah. which was like 
you know, a prestige <laughs> musical. Yeah. All these movies are prestige. Like the guy has not. But Les Mis makes sense and it has a yeah. plot. Sure, but they must it's... have been thinking this will be the next Les Mis. Oh, yes. We'll all be nominated for Oscars yes. for these performances. That's it. You look at the guy's really? track record. Yes. yes the guy... You really think Idris Elba when he was like, yes. I'm the Napoleon of crime. I reckon it would have okay. been toyed around with. Someone would have said, you know, Idris Elba really gives it his all. Yes. He, there's a lot of buzz. Sure. Because, <laughs> like, you Whoa. look at everyone's career, but Tom Hooper, especially, is like the guy earning his prestige. Like, he did that John Adams HBO, which is like this austere drama, or whatever, Paul Giamatti about a freaking president shit. And then the next thing is like King's Speech wins an Oscar for King's Speech. Yeah. And it's like the most and Oscar gives Colin, movie. Uh, Colin Firth his Oscar. Gives Colin Firth his Oscar. Gives <laughs> Jeffrey Rush one last great movie before he died. Allegedly, <laughs> whatever, whatever happened to that guy, I don't know. <laughs> and then he did that Danish Girl, which was like another uh, yeah. oh, prestige that Oscar. Yeah, That's right, him. Okay. Or maybe Les Mis was before that. But, yeah. you know, these are all prestige Oscar. And they're all so calculated to go like, yes, this is going to have feature a transformative performance from a major star mm. in some way mm. that's going to get them that Oscar buzz and it like you know the first one you got Anne Hathaway Paul Giamatti and um, uh, what's the uh, Alicia Vikander like these were all mm. like big performances yeah, yeah, with yeah, Colin yeah. Firth where it's like this is going to be one of the most defining performances of their career they'll win an Oscar they'll win the Emmy or whatever yeah but each but each one of those examples is a person acting in a coherent, mm. cogent project. A person acting as a person. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes yeah. sense. I mean, and, and this comes back to what we've just experienced. We've watched the West End show, mm. none of the three of us ever having seen it before. Mm. And I thought going back to the source material would provide some kind of mm. logical coherence to this experience. And I have more questions than like, ever. It I don't said know it's how- not logical, it's logical. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we've got you here, Lex, because uh, on Total reboot you and i uh you and i will watch an original film and then watch the reboot remake mm. or rip off of it i consider you and many of your listeners do one of the Our great listeners. critics <laughs> oh one of the great the great critics who has a uh, uncanny knack oh. for comparing and contrasting <laughs> this texts. is my jellical song <laughs> he's an outrageous critic with an uncanny knack it's just me just for comparing and contrasting Text. I'm going to magnify so- glass at a Blu-ray. Just going, <laughs> so we'd love you to help us today, Alexi, mm. uh, compare and contrast the West End production yeah. and the film. Can First of all, <laughs> can you see if... <laughs> it doesn't make sense. No, first, I want you to answer the question first. Yeah. How could any act, you're, you're saying, talking about this mm. prestige shit. Sure, sure. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, Idris Elba went into this thing. He yeah. was going to win a Best As- Actor Oscar for playing McCavity the Naked Cat. Like, I don't, how could a person look at that show mm. and think it was anything other than high camp? And that's not to diminish yeah. what it is, but it's it's not. Mm. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I, I don't Tom, know how. Tom, I, he's the wrong guy. Like, you can't. He can't make this. No. He was the wrong guy from the start to direct this film. Based on <laughs> Do you think only Luc Besson could have made it? <laughs> <laughs> they all look like Luc Besson characters. <laughs> I think, I don't know who could have made this. Like just some, like 
I don't. I think I think Ben, what you're getting at yeah. though is that um, I think you're right. I think they yes. would have all seen this film as a very campy, high camp thing. Yeah. But the, I think the time we're living in culturally, camp has become so accepted mainstream wise mm. that maybe the thinking was it's time for a big crazy camp Oscar campaign mm. that's just full of huge performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I could see someone talking Idris Elba and Dame Judi Dench into doing this movie on the back of this will be a big defining role for you and yeah. it'll be unlike anything you've ever done. But you, So you think that they went into it thinking this is going to be genre shifting. This is going no. to usher in a new wave I think wave this is going to make you the next... Prestige camp, a new genre. Just be, oh yeah, prestige camp, maybe that's I a new genre. I don't know if... I, but I feel like for the... Um, the the cultural context of cats, it's not going like, oh, what a camp classic because no one's going like, oh, that's so funny. No one's ever said cats is funny. <laughs> like no one thinks about cats and goes, oh, teehee, so funny when he like drops that pie or whatever. Like what happened in like a camp comedy but how, or whatever. But how could you not? But like unless like, you saw this as a child where it would, I think it would be completely like life altering yeah. and defining. Yeah. I don't know how you couldn't, even if you're emotionally invested, mm. There's still a part of your brain that's going, I'm watching cats. Yeah, I, but I, think, <laughs> I think because this has become uh, so successful as like one of the most successful musical theatre pieces of all time, if not the most, yeah. that I think that it doesn't leave in people's minds going like, you know, the same way that something like La Caja Far or like or the Or even Cage. Joseph and the Technicolor Dream. Yeah. Cup. Like or, you think it's transcended camp. I think it's transcended camp because you're not thinking of it the same oh, okay. way where you're like, oh, that's funny or like that's so weird. People mm. just like- Oh yeah, it's cats. It's like ubiquitous when you talk about musicals. It's like that and like Fiddle on the Roof or But I think that if cats is not considered camp by people, it's only because it's been around so long yeah. that people are just immune to the campness mm. of it. And maybe the movie has reminded everyone of how mm. actually insane or this is. I think yeah. the trailer was the moment when everyone realized how insane it was. Yeah. yeah. The first trailer drop. Up until then, I hadn't really heard much about it. I knew it was happening. Mm. But then when that first trailer dropped, it was almost like the <laughs> world went. Oh, yeah, this was a bad idea. What, yeah. what were we thinking? Yeah. Why did we allow this? That was I know why, because Tom, Tom Hooper <laughs> loved directing Les Mis so much. He was like, I, that was such a great creative experience to adapt something and adapt a musical and make these beautiful production, beautiful numbers. And I think that, yeah, he is the right guy to do Les Mis. I don't remember that movie very well. But, like, I think he has this aesthetic for, like, capturing, like, this, that prestige grandeur that just, like, it works. Yeah. But something like Les Mis where he's, like, this serious text and, like, he can do – I think his movies always have really nice lighting. Like, I love the lighting in, like, the King's Speech and the set design for that. And I think that he was able to capture that with Les Mis – and the reason he did Cats was he was like, I wanted to do another musical. I want to do another musical. I was the first one to adapt Les Mis, the musical, for the big screen. Um, and, like, what's the other iconic one? And this was the first one that came up. He's like, okay, I'll do Cats because it's the only other humongously iconic musical that's never been done for the big screen. Well, 
if he had done, you know, even though he's not Jewish or anything, but if he'd done Fiddle on the Roof, yeah. I'm like, I can see that movie in my head. It makes sense. Mm. You know, freaking Josh Gad will get Oscar nominated. <laughs> <laughs> get nominated for it or something. Like that makes sense Or even sense Phantom. To like he could, I think yeah. he could still do High Camp. He I could, think Phantom mm. would be lush and, mm. you know, delicious purple curtains. Yeah. And, and get the theatrical velvet. camp. Yeah. Whereas I think this isn't theatrical camp. This is like I don't unidentifiable So camp. I think we might be tapping into why you were bored in this mm. movie. And I think that's because um, everything's crazy except the direction yes, in this movie absolutely. visually. Um, obviously the effects and, and the set design is crazy, yeah. but I think like the way it's <laughs> staged and the way it's shot mm. is like anything. Yeah. Could be anything. It could be anything. Like it's like, you know, I don't even. This- Who do you think? Baz Luhrmann? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Baz Baz that's, a good, that's a good point. And yeah. also he, Baz Luhrmann could do anything. It would be like, I don't even particularly like Baz Luhrmann, but I'm like, yeah, that's a camp director. If he just makes everyone in costumes like that. Mm. Who directed Priscilla? Uh, Stefan Elliott. Yeah, Stefan Elliott. He could yeah. crush it, I think. Yeah, yeah right. Or, uh, only Australians. Only Aussies. <laughs> only Aussies could do with this. So far, only Aussies know the text. Who are the great musical directors of our time? You know, Clint Eastwood doing Jersey Boys. He could do this. <laughs> <laughs> he could do this. <laughs> Didn't Joel Schumacher do Phantom of the Opera? Oh, oh. Schumacher did, yeah, wow. with Jared Butler and yeah, Amy yeah. Rossum. He would crush this. Schumacher would really, I think, because he's, like, this would be Batman Forever or Batman and Robin, yeah. like yeah. his version of this. So, Alexi, now that you've watched, yeah. the, uh, now that you've watched the stage version, which version do you prefer? I'm really torn because I think there's things in the that the, the film does to adapt the musical that I'm like, now I go like, great, you figured something out. Like that makes total sense, that choice now yeah. mm. or, um, or, or, or things like that. But I feel like I was less bored during watching the musical because I think like this one is like, oh, there is some brilliant choreography. It's I always find it fun. It's like that first acting lesson thing that you would do in high school where they're like, oh, to find this character, why don't you put an animal in your head and embody that animal? And so I always find that fun to just see actors do that because it's like, what's the, how do they interpret what a cat is? And this one, they're all like, oh, we cats love to fuck or something. <laughs> We're watching this one, all the cats love to fuck. Or, they're always running their hands slowly up their bodies, <laughs> lingering on their genitals. <laughs> I think this one is like, you know, it's – it's less disturbing in a way to have that the textural practicality yeah. of this to like go like oh yeah cool they're wearing a little lycra suit or whatever. Whereas I think in the 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 filmed version, the cinematic version, the I think the costuming doesn't work because it's just like it's like this digital paint that they're wearing, mm. and it's kind of like oh I think the textures really matter. Like in the movie, yeah. the only ones that feel successful are like you know Judy Dench or. Ian McKellen or even Dick Rizabella because they're just wearing a giant coat over some mm. weeds fleshy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that I'm really torn because I think there's choices in the movie to adapt that that now makes sense to me. That, yeah. That's, I mean, not plot wise, like there's no plot still, but like I kind of predicted this going back that I was like, Watching the movie, I'm like, what's the point of that ingenue character, Victoria, this played mm-hmm. by the ballerina? Mm-hmm. I was like, this. I was like, I will be not shocked if when I watch the 
Broadway production if that character's not in it at yeah. all. And, and it would just be us, to, the characters introducing themselves to the audience because yeah. that's the whole thing. And then she's not, she's like a background she's character. She's not in it, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. There is a white cat who does the ballet parts, mm. but she's not the lead. We are. <laughs> we but, the, are but the movie needs an audience point of view character. Yes. Yes. Like you need someone guiding yeah. us through this insanity. Because I think mm. like if a, in a theatrical production, you're sitting there, you know something's going to happen in front of you. Mm. But I think with movie musicals, like there's this thing that Cameron and I have talked a lot about when we've had to cover musicals in our show. Sing it for me. Say it's what it is. It's my favourite word. This movie, <laughs> it's a word called merm. Have Music, you heard of merm? You ever heard of merm? Mm. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> this guy tell you musically enhanced reality mode, which is the mo- <laughs> which is the moment in musicals where people go from talking was like, oh well, you know, I don't really know, but I guess I don't really know about anything. I, I don't, don't know, know. <laughs> you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that you know you don't need that in a theatrical production because like it's just people singing. Who gives a shit? Yeah, like, you can just you don't need to be braced for it. Yeah, but then like in a movie musical, you need to have those moments. And because this movie, the, those they don't have any text. Like there's no time where there's just dialogue. They don't have that murm. Like you're just mm. thrown immediately <laughs> into it. So yeah, you're just yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. That that's the most discombobulating thing about the film is mm. that yeah, there is. Is every song bleeds directly into the next song, and they're yes. also tonally different and musically styled in a completely different genre of music. That it's that aggressive kind of. Um, but I thought the, the watching the West End musical would make some sense of the movie. Mm. I'm mm. more confused by the West End musical. It, it, to me, it's more yes. perplexing than Absolutely. the movie is. It's there's, <clears throat> and we complained about this when we watched the movie. We complained about the fact that there's no exposition. Mm. There fucking is compared to this <laughs> yeah, original yeah. version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've There's added a novel's stuff worth in of there. exposition. <laughs> 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 They've added at least six lines in that movie that just sum up what's happening a yeah. little bit. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, you yeah. know, there's a bit where yeah, at the start of the movie where Victoria goes like, but what are Jellicle cats? And then the guy goes, well, I'll tell you. And then he sings another song yeah. that doesn't explain what they are. But mm. at least we know she yeah. doesn't know either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a bit later where they're making the Jellicle choice and it's very apparent that this is a contest. Yes. Yep. Where you, the winner gets to go forward to the next level of existence. Whereas in this <laughs> fucking play, no one says jack shit. 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 So we've talked about a little bit of the differences. Here's one thing that's the same in both that shocked me to my core. There's a moment in the... Uh, <laughs> to, my my core. to my core. I, I know exactly core. what you're going to talk about. <laughs> There's a moment in the movie This is a real core shock moment. Jenny Ellie Dots... Jenny Annie Dots <laughs> yeah. unzips her own fur to reveal more fur underneath it with like a little song and dance bikini on. That happens in the fucking play as well. I thought that was a Tom Hooper choice. (laughs) That was a funny like Police Academy style joke Mm. or something. (laughs) Be so funny if Tom Hooper's (laughs) humor is described as Police Academy esque. (laughs) Oh, I just love the Police Academy movies. That's in. That's canon. Yeah, that's canon. That happens on the West End. That blew my mind. I can't believe that's part of the text of Cats. (laughs) And it's better in the theatrical version because you got the texture of it. She's wearing like one weird raggedy jab of the hut giant, like boosty. Like I think (laughs) she looks like a clay vase. Like she's got this 
just weird butt on it. And she's very like big in it. It is, when she's lying down, it's very jabba the heart. Very, very much so. Mm. And when she peels it off, she's just got a normal fluffy cat underneath. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. But to take it off, it's almost exactly the same. The Rebel Wilson one, it's like, oh, no. It's as grotesque. <laughs> that whole number is as grotesque. With those mice, because the mice in the movie are the most disturbing part of the movie. Children's yes. faces grafted on little mice. But in the West End musical, they look like a cross between Spy versus Spy. And you know when the Black Plague was going around, the doctors, the doctors. would wear those long masks full of like <laughs> sage and rosemary. They yeah. look like that's like just yes. these awful long-faced paper mache mice. But also it's just oh. the other, like the core cats oh like we're gonna play another character let's chuck on this mouse head and wear that now but in the movies well that's the mice disturbed me because the scale was so off and why like are they the, children they're, they're children they're little bubs in there <laughs> children should not be allowed in on set on this thing this is, this is like a, a 40 like a two-hour sex scene that's highly disturbing the kids should not be allowed on set here. million dollar porno <laughs> This is the, the new Caligula. This movie. <laughs> but it's like the scale is so off because it's like, oh, okay, we have to suspend our disbelief because these are humans that are now the size of cats roughly. They're like, I mean, they have the They're bodies. They're the size of bananas. What, are you talking? <laughs> I don't, uh, yeah, so are you the, talking in the movie? In the movie. Yeah, 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 so yeah, in the movie, no, yeah. it's like <laughs> so, the size <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're like, uh, they're like, you know, they, they're, sh- <laughs> but they're like proper human movie physical, but then the size of cats have been shrunk down, but everything's been made bigger, like a Gulliver's travel type thing. And it's like, for the most part, like, yeah, I, I believe this, I perceive it. But then the mice are to the cats in the movie, the size of what mice, mice are <laughs> Yeah. So for, for they should be up to her hips, but yes. they're up to her And the ankles. cockroaches are bigger than the mice. The cockroaches are bigger than the mice. Oh. So the mice for the cats should be more the size of like, if I'm a cat in the movie, it should be the size of a child, which then makes sense. Oh, it's interesting that the child is playing this. That makes sense because the height should be the same for the, the, the size between a mouse and a cat. But then it's like, no, shrink them down. It's a mouse. <laughs> so they're the size of like a louse. They're like lice. They're like these, the mice are like these little, like it's the size of a ladybug to a cat. They're the size of grapes. <laughs> the size of, it would be like if I would walk into a room and I saw a grape on the ground and go, that's a mouse. That's a mouse. <laughs> So I think that, like, that's <laughs> to me. I can't understand what the decision there was because there's so much work that would have to go into, like, oh, we got to create these digital characters because they can't be in the same scene as the. As I don't understand, we're like, oh yeah, make him the size of a normal mouse. Was that like a miscommunication that made it a hundred million dollars to the screen? Like they couldn't change at any point. Well, that's kind of what I was saying to Ben last week. Was that I. Have to believe this is all deliberate <laughs> because yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. many gatekeepers. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that you're going through when you're making a movie of this scale, like to that would have been called out in the storyboarding. There would have been some studio exec who's just like, no, they're mice. They've got to be small. Make them small. <laughs> Make, them small. Make them small. People are going to be scared. Yeah. Yeah. 
if it was people in costumes, I think you could buy all of that stuff. Yep. Like it's people in costumes, you believe you believe it, but because it's like this weird well, digital skin. Tell yeah. us about it with the with the West End version that we just watched. How did you find the scale of that? There's a few I was not bothered by proppy moments with um like yeah. a, a shoe that's like half the size of a cat. A cat. Like, yeah, but I didn't. None of that bothered me at all. And then then the, the shoe mm. box is not as big to fit the shoe box in to fit the shoe in that we saw earlier. I'm like, I don't give a shit. This is like someone had to make this stuff. You had to see the make. So it. when yeah, you yeah. can see it, you bel- you buy it more. You yeah. respect it more. Or something. I respect it. I'm like, I have full <laughs> respect. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I look up to this. <laughs> You respect the artistry. I respect it, dude. I'm like, yeah, you go, oh, respect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one the one thing in the West End production that I think was a travesty they didn't put in the movie mm. was the number where the cats all dress up as dogs oh, and, yes. uh, and mock, you know, the behaviorisms of dogs. Yeah. And they're all wearing like socks for ears. They've got like a Clark shoe on their yeah, head. Yeah, shoe and stuff. to simulate the <laughs> snout. Like it's mm. just, they're very yucky. But to have seen that in full digital yes. Tom Hooper oh. glory would have been I'm really Well, like, it made us both ask, or all of us ask the question like, what? Would the dogs have looked like in the movie version of yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dogs have hands. Because you, yeah. you hear that dog running up and like scratching at the door, <laughs> but they don't show it because I'm just like, they American Tom Hoopers are like, I haven't decided what they look like. Always like, I know what it looks I'm like. Too and scared. you do. <laughs> you don't want to see, <laughs> don't see what it looks like. You don't want to see the dog. You don't want to see it. Trust the me. The dog's four guys. <laughs> four guys. The gonna, dog is a human centipede. <laughs> I want to do the good. in this universe. You can't see it. <laughs> but if there's mice, roaches, and cats that are all humanoid, yeah. then the assumption is that all animals in this dimension. I want the Google Zoom mm. where we zoom out on London mm. and see the entire. I want to see birds. Yeah. The birds have hands at the end of their fucking wings, <laughs> like man bat style. <laughs> <laughs> Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's, I don't know, like the movie, uh, it's so like, I think the, I did in, I don't know if enjoys the right word, but this I liked more, the, the, cause it's like the spectacle of it all. You're seeing people dance, you're seeing, I like the music. I actually like the music of Cats. 
I like the the sounds of it <laughs> pleasing oh, to this me. This is a great description of, of music. I like oh, the, the sounds. S- the sounds <laughs> make are pleasing to me. The vision is upsetting. <laughs> what did you think of the songs in it? I like the songs. All of them? Um, no. In order, rank them. <laughs> rank them. I think memory is beautiful. I mm. think, but that's also because it's not from this. Like it's not in the same tone as any other song. It just gets some old biddy to come in. It's like, like an Aviva song or something. Well, I feel it's like, like yes, exactly. it, was a, it was a song that was written separately. Yeah. So it's Story not, goes. it's not in tone. Can you tell us a bit how well, I think that exists? It was a melody and a chord progression that existed prior to this. And then when they were in pre-production on the play, maybe mm. the West End play, one of the producers or one of the, you know, investors or whatever. I imagine everything like the producers, yeah. the Mel Brooks, where yeah. it's like some really stressed out, like balding guy comes in and goes like, we haven't got a hit song. We need a hit. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. Like yeah. someone came in and said, you actually need a torch song. We need yes. something that everyone's going to be singing when they leave. And I uh, believe Andrew Lloyd Webber, well, I got this idea, like this old banger. Uh, and mm. then they just applied it to one of the poems from the book. Yeah. And um, people loved it. Apparently he called everyone around and said, L- remember where you were when you heard this melody about for his the song, song? He said it. I don't know if he said it. I oh, hope so. I Wouldn't that be great if he said that about his own song? Now, everyone, guys, sit back. You're going to remember this one. <laughs> we say that about this podcast, though. <laughs> Sit back, take a look around. Remember where you were when you first heard What Is Cats? It's probably the one song that should exist from this musical. (laughs) I found found it interesting in the West End that there's kind of like a Greek chorus Mm. that sing about the cat. Rather than in the movie, every cat is singing about themselves. They get a That's solo. True. Like uh, James Corden as, as Buster for Jones mm. is saying, I'm a fat cat. Whereas mm. uh, it's the chorus in the. Uh, yeah, that didn't work Western for me. Musical. Yeah, the, the, the cat not singing for itself. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I don't really understand what the point of it is. There's even a whole bit where um, Rum Tum Tugger sings Mr. Mistopheles' song. Mm. Yes. And if you were just a normal person who hadn't. <laughs> seen this movie three times now, <laughs> you would be sitting in the audience of this play going, okay, is this guy Mr. Mistopheles? Yeah, I thought he was the, the curious sexy cat or the fuck cat. But it's, like, it's also like, I don't get it now. Like the movie mm-hmm. makes it clear. It's like what I thought it was. I thought it was a singing competition. Whoever can sing the best song and story, yeah. best performance, they get to go up to Jellicle Heaven or whatever, mm. the Jellicle Moon. I don't know where they go, but I know they get Heavy they, side layer. They ascend somewhere. Mm. But this one, it's now it's like- They're going water at the vet. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they go. <laughs> but now it's like everyone else is singing for their song. So it's like, who, what- What like, is this? What is this now? Like, because in this version, it's like- Yes, the Greek chorus come and sing the song where they're like, oh, Mr. Mistopheles is a beautiful cat or whatever. Mm. And then, like, Mr. Mistopheles is just dancing around. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. why does Mr. Mistopheles deserve to go to heaven because they all like him and they can sing his song? <laughs> or is it like, or is it like, oh, he's got the great story, he can go up? Because Mr. Mistopheles just can do electric power. And it's not like... That's pretty sick, like, that's man. Pretty he amazing. out of his <laughs> yeah, yeah. He pal- He's a palpatine. In the movie, all he does is produce flowers. Like, come on. <laughs> 
Mistopolis Palpatine has got these beautiful powers, but it's like I don't know what the what the I thought it was a, it's not a talent show anymore. I don't know what this is. Well, I thought I, this I, was I like they, the voice. But they all perform while they're being sung about. Mm. You know, Mister Mistopolis does magic. Buster for Jones just sits there and eats shit while they sing yeah. about him. But he doesn't even really eat that much. He just like goes, yeah. So I have memories of eating. Yeah, yeah, and curls his mustache. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, it's like, definitely not as fucking mm. horrific as James Corden's portrayal of the character. Yeah, that's one of the other things from the movie. It's like James Corden. <laughs> I've gone on the record many times. I do not like the guy. Okay, come on, he's slu- so lovable. Uh, no, I'm sorry. <sighs> this is me as a critic You're talking. A fucking coward to disown the movie. <laughs> if this had mm. been a fucking success, yes. James Corden would have been the first one. Oh, it's just such an honour to be in cats. Yeah, but because no one likes cats, oh, I haven't even seen it. Bullshit. You fucking coward. <laughs> I, a piece of shit. He is that fucking guy though. He's That's just him. The worst. Because he's always like, listen, a simpering fucking. <laughs> he's I can't also. Believe I'm making Tom Cruise. He's like I never fucking, it. He like oh. is, every time he acts, it's like he oh. makes fucking high school actor decisions. If he was a child actor, we'd be like, oh, he's okay. But the guy's like near 40 years old. He has oh. the same, he's got less talent than fucking Macaulay Culkin or even Alex D. Lynch from Home Alone 3. He's more talent than him. And he's like, he makes these shit simple decisions, but also guys are fucking fat cunt hypocrite. And yes, by the way, I myself am a fat cunt. I have the authority to say this. I'm fat. I can fucking say this shit, okay? So he, this year or last year, 2019, the guy, so did, glad the guy got bullied by Bill Maher yeah, yeah. gently or whatever. Not no, that. but he didn't. All Bill Maher did was do a thing on Real Time about how uh, there shouldn't be a fat pride movement because mm. being morbidly obese is bad for your health. He was. He wasn't. He didn't say anything about James. He Corden. didn't say James anyway, Corden. No. I thought he said James no, Corden. He didn't say you shouldn't be obese like James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> James Corden. <laughs> I heard that no, you. Just said, don't fucking be proud of being fat because your fucking heart's under mm. a lot of stress mm. and you should lose some weight. The way like, that I un- understood was no. Bill Maher was on SNL and burned a picture of James Corden. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I understood it. He ripped it up. He made a model him. of James yeah. Corden out of meat and blew it up. <laughs> but, so, okay. So he, he gets that fucking criticism and he makes <sighs> like this tearful, emotional, oh, well like put together minutes. video of him going like, oh, fat shaming's bad. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's good on you. He's making a stand. The guy's got some scruples. And then I fucking see this shit. And it's, I'm trying to do the math watching the movie. He did that in September. So when was this being filmed? It's like within the same few months, the guy has no scruples whatsoever. The guy is singing, oh, I'm a fat cat. I love to fucking eat cream and suck on his turkey. (laughs) (laughs) The way he's eating, the way they depict his eating in the film is Pornographic. Yes. He's not just eating. It's like you know the you know those videos you see of like uh, people putting funnels in their mouth mm. and pouring like three liters of fucking Ben and Jerry's down it, and it's like they're gagging yes. and it's like spraying what? out of their what nose. Videos? Have you ever seen these, these feeding no. videos? What are these oh, it's, it's a phenomenon on the internet. Feeding like people pay people pay large women to eat a fucking wedding cake. To, yeah. You know, oh my and god. They, it's but it's that level. Like there is literally an overhead scene of his face as mm. cream and milk is pouring into his face and yeah. he's spluttering <laughs> and I'm very fat and you have the audacity yes. to go on TV oh Bill Maher shouldn't be fat shaming you have yeah. done more to shame fat yes. people in this two minutes of cats than fucking Bill Maher ever could some poor oh. kid is going to be in theatre class and some fucking boy's going to come up yeah. to him and like oh, oh you, <laughs> you fucking bust oh, fucking oh, fat Bustafer. This is the first time since fucking Augustus Galupa music was <laughs> in fat kids' lives, okay? 
It's all fucking James Corden's fault. <laughs> fucking fat piece of shit. <laughs> and, but let me just put a addendum on that. Yeah, I said that as a freaking critic, okay? As a comedian, I have the utmost respect for James Corden. <laughs> I put my critic hat on to say I will never shit on another comedian, but that was me. And hey, he's he one of the great comics. Um, <laughs> he, he was asked what he thought of Cats and he said, I haven't seen it, but I hear it's very bad. Coward. What do you think of that? Coward. I heard Coward. that he said, I haven't Coward. seen it, but it tasted fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> the catering was wonderful. <laughs> but do, do you think it makes any sense? No. Like, do you think it makes you, any coherent sense at all? No, like, no. What do you all. think it means? Yeah, now no, that you've watched both no. of them, like, what would you say is happening in this? Story. Well, the story. First of all, would you call it a story? <laughs> yes, there's a story. I wouldn't say it's a plot. The difference okay, between story and plot okay, is very okay. evident in cats. What is the difference between story and a plot? A plot is like from A to B to C. A story can a be plot's like what's happening. Stories, why it's happening. Yeah, why it's happening, or like the, the world, the atmosphere, yeah. and all that stuff. Story, stories, character, plot is just like this is where we go. This is how we yeah. get there and stuff. So I think this is very rich in story. Well, go on. Tell us. Tell <laughs> us it's like well, it's all about this beautiful stories. universe. It's about the jellical universe <laughs> where the beautiful jellical cats, it's like their time to shine now that the sun has gone down. And they they do a little dance to impress each other. What I don't know. I don't know. But what what do you think it's actually about? What it's trying to say. Yeah, like, you know, the wrestler's about a wrestler, but it's also about mm, other things. Yeah. Like what's cats about? The cats is about, <laughs> I think cats is about, it's about the stories that one would put onto an animal. Like when you see, <laughs> when you see a dog, you're like, oh, what have you been up today? Well, you can't answer me. Allow me to close my eyes and imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's trying to like bring um, the magical realism to the, to a practical world because like this could be gnomes. Like this could be like about like little gnomes or something. Borrowers. It could be about borrowers. <laughs> it could be like a complete fantasy where it's like not magical realism, but fantasy where it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're seeing the gnomes trying to fuck the fairies or something or like whatever Ferngali is or something. But because it's about the real, animals. I think it's about trying to um, capture the imagination and, and magic of our real world because like yeah. we don't know what right, cats right, do right. when the <clears throat> lights go out. So it's like a toy out. story but for like cats. Like a toy story kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's what it is where it's like trying to bring the magic into our reality. Like I'm like yeah cats like to fuck each other. And what one, happens when we're not villain. looking at cats? What are they like? How do they interact? Mm. So well that is what the book of poems is. Yeah. Did you know that? Not really. It's based on a book of poetry by T.S. Eliot called Old Possum's Book of Cats. That was a his nickname no, for himself. Practical Cats. He called practical himself cats. Old Possum. He called himself o- Old Possum. Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. <laughs> oh, come on, dude. It's a, it's a- <laughs> This is the most respected author of all time. <laughs> oh, oh, possum. From what I understand, it's a poem of basic, basically doggerel verse, nonsense rhymes, yeah. written for children, written yeah. for his niece and nephew. Man, English people are so weird because you know, the, like weird. when he signs off a letter, it would be like, love from old poss. He used to. He used oh, to sign off on. old poss. Yeah. Anyway, so what you've just described mm. is what he was doing for his niece and yes. nephew. He wrote these poems about his own cats where he would go, look, this is what um, Rumple Teaser and Mungo Jerry are like. They're little criminals and they sneak around mm. stealing shit. Yeah. So you think that that is the, that's what the point of this play and movie is about yes. is that it's about 
making us become children, yeah. wondering what it's what cats are like to when capture that, that magic uh, in our reality. Well, what else? It's, is it's it? too horny for that. Mm. There's too much sex all over. Well, it not for, it for to, kids. Now he make it for adults as well. So it's like, oh yeah, now I can put mummy and daddy kind of, in there. Yeah, exactly. But, but that kind of raw <laughs> animalistic sexuality is not a part of childhood. I just don't think that's on the page at all. I think if we open up old Possum's <laughs> book of practical cats. They're not fucking each other. It's not going to be in brackets. Judy um, Dench isn't rubbing one out over Rum Tum Tugger. Brackets, he's naked, by the way. <laughs> so old he's Possums, spraying musk all over the place. Old Possum's got his little grandkids like, and then Rum Tugger sings his beautiful song and he like, loves to go around and tell the other cats what to do. And then later, <laughs> and later he starts sucking a little fucking dick, <laughs> grinding his barbed penis. I Yuck. think that's what was added by Andrew Lloyd Webber. He yeah. added the sexuality yeah, to yeah. it because I guess Phantom's got a kind of like twisted sexuality in there as well. Yeah, but that's a human sexuality. <laughs> this is like, this is, you know, it's that thing of like, I, I, I can't remember who said it when we were watching it, but it was the, the disconcerting thing about it is one minute they're acting sexually like a human mm. and then suddenly it turns into a feline movement and yeah. it's, it's very like. It blurs the line. Yeah, it's, it, it's not sexy. It's deeply mm. upsetting. Yeah. It's sexual. It's sexual, but it's not a sexual <laughs> party that I want to be invited to. You know what I mean? You know, like if you watch hair or something, you'd be like, yeah, yeah fuck, they're all naked and yeah. then fucking yeah. this is hot. <clears throat> Even Jesus Christ Superstar has a sexuality to it. Mm. But this is, you know, that, that kind of, that, the, the best deal thing just make it's a, it's a turn off. What about for you, Lex? Yeah, of course. I'm not turned <laughs> off on this thing. But I think the sexuality is maybe part of, the charm for some people, I guess, but not in like a way where it's like, oh, it's erotic. It's like, oh, that's a bit naughty. You mm. know, like this is, mm. I think it's like <laughs> the way that's using sexuality is to kind of create that naughtiness for adults as well. Cause like if we're, if it's just some boring shit about like, oh, this is what cats do when we're not looking, it's like adults are like, no, thank you. But if you make it a little sexy, then it makes it naughty for adults as well. Mm. Whereas, like, if this was just for kids and then they're like sniffing each other's ass, what are they doing this? They're like, kids are like, this is illegal. You're going to go to jail. You're right. Without the sexuality, it mm. would just be a pantomime yeah. play for children. Yeah. It doesn't have like that really sneaky. Yeah. It'd be blues clues. Even the, because I read a little, I read some character descriptions mm. of these characters between this week and last, and they describe. <laughs> He's a cat. They describe <laughs> Tugger is a curious cat. Well, they describe Rum Tum Tugger as a cat that's had a lot of lovers. Mm. But where's that? That's not said anywhere. It's, it's just it's not, even a, it's not like a, there's a line in the song where he's like, I fucked a lot of cats and I came everywhere or whatever. Like he's, he just sings about rats and houses and shit. Mm. That's just something that would have been in the playbill. Like yeah. this is it's all stuff that Andrew Lloyd Webber has added to it. 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 I think the movie's vastly superior. I think so too. And I'll tell you why. I think it's because that Idris Elba McCavity character yep. is a thread and a threat yes. throughout the movie yes. yep. where we're being told that he's someone who disappears cats and yep. kidnaps them. Yep. So that's a threat throughout the whole film. McCavity, first of all, 
Uh, he's barely in the play. He doesn't have a line, and he doesn't even he doesn't, doesn't appear on his own song. He doesn't even sing or yeah, he doesn't even appear on stage during his own song. No. Yeah, crazy. He's no. not. He just pops up at the end, and he only steals uh, old Deuteronomy in the movie. He's constantly stealing all the yeah. cats to narrow the field so the he cavity. can win. Cavity <laughs> and p- disappearing in a puff of fairy dust. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I have think plenty of soul. That element. Uh, in fact, all the story stuff yeah. made way more sense mm. in the movie. You're right, these cats are getting disappeared to like this dock where Ray Winston is as well. <laughs> Menacing them. They're all getting One chained year. up. And then um, at the end, Mr. Mistopheles has to bring them all back because yeah. they've all been taken away. Mm-hmm. And so that provides some to stakes. Yes. But so, yeah, you're right. That's the only bit of plot. In fact, when it got to the Mr. Mistopheles song, yeah. we were all like, it feels like the play is just starting. Something yeah. has finally happened. Mm. <laughs> the Someone's exciting <laughs> incident comes in one hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Old Deuteronomy's gone. They need Mr. Mosofli to do a yeah. trick to bring him back. Yeah. That happens 10 minutes from the end. It yeah. shouldn't. That should happen at the start or yeah. something should. Yeah. Something should, at least in the, mu- in the movie that's like, oh, we got a new cat that's going to be thrown out of the car. And now it's like, oh, well, this yeah. gives us a reason for to us to all talk to you and let's explain our beautiful world and our heritage, our cultural heritage <laughs> as Jellicles and now you're one of us. And it's like uh, in this version, it's like it just happens. It's just happening at you. Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing guiding you through it. It's just. It's been weird to see like our, some of our friends and colleagues go like, I love cats. I grew up on it. Like you should be embarrassed by <laughs> No, 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 no. I was saying to you guys, I saw Phantom of the Opera mm. live when I was 11 or 12 and it like splintered my reality. Mm. It was unbelievable. But I feel like if I'd never seen it at 11 and yeah. did what we did and just watched the Blu-ray of it, yeah. I would be like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But I will always love it because yeah. of that formative experience. And conversely, had I seen Cats at 12. You'd be like a third. <laughs> I don't know how a 40-year-old person who works in an office yeah. sits down for the first time and watches cats and walks out going holy fuck my, that was just the best thing I've ever seen because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like I can understand them walking out enjoying it yeah. Yeah. like whoa that was crazy but not like yeah. I was so moved because there's I nothing really to yeah, hold on it's to it's impenetrable well, there's, 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 yeah. what's it about <laughs> yeah exactly like, who, like who the, are these cats the only two moments <laughs> like at the end they say now you know everything you need to know it's like I know nothing yeah. I in have fact, an, an infinity of questions <laughs> I'm dumber. I'm dumber having watched this now. But it's, it's, I think the only two moments where it allows an emotion to build because it makes them human. Like I, the only two times that makes them a human relatable character is Grizabella singing Memory mm-hmm. and Augusta Theatre Cat where no. it's like- oh, nah. where it's I hated like, that. I, yeah, I hated it. Nah. I hated With it. With his It's a movie I think Ian McKellen is truly- Transcendent in the movie, but again, I think he delivers his monologue in yes. the play. He's not delivering his monologue. It's the Greek chorus saying, yes. "Oh, this is Gus, and he's old." And they've got this ancient man. <laughs> he's got Parkinson's disease. He's really trembling. The guy's got the trembles, and he doesn't really talk, and he just looks very sad. Eyed. The bends. Yeah. <laughs> He's got these like glassy eyes and he's like staring at you. You know when you see an old man sitting at the bus stop and his eyes are wet and you look at them and you go, he doesn't know what what he's doing here. He doesn't know what bus he's waiting for, how he even got here. He doesn't know what year he's doing. He's like thinking about the war or something, just like remembering shit. Those are the only times because it's like he's not a cat. 
Gus Theatre Cat, not a cat. He's an old man. He's an old man. He's an old theatre actor regretting exactly. every decision that led to this moment. It's like Grizabella is like an old lady that got fucking tossed around or whatever. Yeah. And those are the early times where it's like, oh, I can see being moved by those. But I can't imagine even the other emotional songs being moved by them because it's not real. 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 When Grizabella wins at the end, there's not even an announcement that she wins. No. All the cats just start rubbing their faces all over her body. Yeah. And she goes up a lightning bolt staircase and <laughs> it's implied that never she's- Never seen again. Never seen again. At least in the movie, <laughs> Judy Dan. You are my angelical choice. Exactly. Well, Benny, have you ever heard of Show Don't Tell? Well, <laughs> could have made it more clear when all the cats <laughs> rub their fucking face up her ass and stuff. <laughs> Who did it better? Who did memory better? Jennifer Hudson I think or Jennifer Elaine, Hudson. Elaine Page? I gotta say Jennifer Hudson yeah, too. And Elaine Page is the iconic Grizabella. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the one people know and love. Yeah. Jennifer Hudson moved me so like it wasn't for long because mm. you couldn't be moved mm. for too long before you rem- remember that you're watching yeah. a, a, a nightmare. Um but up until when she sings that song, we've been watching it for what, like an hour and a half mm-hmm. and like howling with laughter. Mm-hmm. And when she hits that key change yes. in memory, like my whole body was goosebumpy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was genuinely like, whoa, that is an incredible, yeah, an incredible performance. But then, you know, but whatever. You remember Idris Elba's fucking dickless naked body. And it's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Old dichotomy of cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what do you think? I agree, I think, because I think, like, this is a great performance by her. I think the costume is really good for Grizabella in this because mm. she it is the one that, like, balances human and cat in a really good way because you just got this old yuck coat on and these yuck gloves and her hair's all a mess and then like the top of her hair forms like the shape of ears but she also does look more cowardly lion or more mouse like it reads as mouse (laughs) or reads as cowardly lion and I I don't know I think it works as like oh you look like a mouse to me she's bigger than a grape she's banana size She's at least the size of a freaking rock melon or something. She's like great. But I think but Jennifer Hudson, I think she is all too good for the movie because she brings it to she brings like all this reality and soul to the character, whereas everyone else is like this pantomime character. Yeah. It's like you're watching like it's like if you're at home watching Austin Powers and then there's a scene where Jenna Rollins from the woman under the influence yeah. comes in like tearing everything apart. It's like, doesn't make sense. It's not camp. Yeah. It's, like yeah. just it's like- too good for the for the vehicle that it's in. Well, just too well, real. Well, here's the well, too fr- real. Yeah. After um, mm. we decided to make this podcast, a friend of ours, Sophie Braham, she reached out mm. and said that she'd uh, she'd met Rebel Wilson, and she asked Rebel Wilson what Cats was like. This is before it came wow. out, and Rebel said it's really good. Jennifer Hudson will win an Oscar for this role. Wow! It oh. is the performance of someone who is swinging for an Oscar, mm. but. Yeah, but it's a wild swing. You've got like a giant, bright yellow rivulet of mucus flowing yeah. out of your nose through the entire yeah. song. I just don't. Do you think it's the type of performance that would ever get taken seriously for no. awards? I think no, she's wearing digital cat face. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I think that on paper, yes, because not even on paper. No, what are you talking I'm going to go back to my theory that cats is not known as like this weird camp classic. People go, it's like, oh, it's iconic. It's iconic role, and people. I know like this song pe- so well. Only people that don't know it. Yeah, but who knows? Not everyone knows. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like, I think, and I know what it is. Like I've seen 
I seen that it's weird cat people. So I'm like, yeah. but it's like, I think on paper, Jennifer Hudson already has won an Oscar for supporting actress mm. for Dreamgirls. Yeah. And that's because she knocks out of the park, like one of the iconic contemporary yeah. musical songs ever. And then in this one, it's the same thing again. She's like, you have a small role, but I'm the one singing memory, which is the iconic song. Of course, I'm gonna. Of course, it's the Oscar role in this movie. Yeah. Like, who else is it gonna be? Jason Derulo? <laughs> like, no, it's the only Oscar role. You know, I, I think that what they were gearing for was the Anne Hathaway lame is absolutely. But, but the difference is, you know, you, it's like revolutionary France. Her mm. teeth are all mm. blacked out. She's mm. fucking Shaved her head or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. she looks like a mess, and she's weeping, and the camera's mm. going down her throat. But it's appropriate to the set and setting of this film mm. like that and that outpouring of emotion yeah. she's had her child taken away she's fucking mm. had to sell her hair like everything's turned to shit for this character mm. you don't get that journey with Grizabella she shows up now she's and then going, oh, man, all the other cats <laughs> <laughs> and you don't even really know why yeah. it's maybe suggested that she was working for McCafferty <laughs> at some point yeah but McCafferty seems all right but they like, all hate her yeah they hate her they and they don't hate McCafferty as much as they hate Grizabella. Yeah. Well, they're scared of McCafferty. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, man, I, yeah. I, so you don't get that <coughs> journey with Grizabella. So by the time memory hits, yes, it is moving in isolation yes. of like, in like, isolation. like, a, like mm. a fucking good Susan yeah. Boyle performance would be, <laughs> yeah. where it's like, oh, yeah, she's hitting the notes. You just say it because she looks like Susan Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then. You're, the moment's not earned. Mm. I don't know why she's so miserable. I mean, I've, other than you've told me that, oh, Grizabella's yes. miserable, mm. but I've not seen her journey. Yeah, because I think this song is meant to distill what her journey has been or to just kind of emote like, oh, this is the song of a woman that's had a hard life. And it's like, mm. yeah, but we didn't see her. We don't. She's a cat. She's not a lady. Yeah, she's a fucking cat. <laughs> I just remember this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. That's the hard part is you start getting deep into an analysis mm. and then you realise you're talking about this fucking absurd, mm. dart-ass nightmare. Man, man, man. I'm going to ask you one more time before we go mm-hmm. to summarise what you think this is about. You've said that you think it's about awakening the imagination. Yes. What do you feel about that? Do you stand with your by that? Child. I think that is the intent of Cats. I think Andrew Lloyd Webber's intent was in the spirit of T.S. Eliot, but to update the text for adults. So to create the same, like, like you know, uh, uh, that same uh, feeling of discovery that children would find of coming across something that is beyond their understanding. And the way to access that was Cats to bring the, the magic realism to a place where kids can understand it in reality. So that when all these kids go and see a cat, they're going to be like, wow, that's got a beautiful secret life of like, you know, Rumpton dugging it away or whatever. That's a but Gumby then, cat. Yeah. For his grandkids to have that feeling of when they see all that stuff to like, oh, the magic in the world, there is magic in this world. So, but I think Andrew Lloyd, Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, idea of taking that and then going like, how can I make this for adults? I'm going to make this the same feeling of like them walking into a world and discovering a world and it's weird and sexy and to make it spicy for adults to get, to create that same feeling of um, I'm discovering this whole new world. Because if it's just like it needs to have that magic 
of that. And I think the only way to do that for adults is to make them extremely horny. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks Lex. so much for I love you guys and God, God speed for the rest of your journey. <laughs> That was the beautiful Greek baby, Alexi Toliopoulos. And honestly, I'm genuinely shocked that he didn't love this movie. I thought if anyone would love a batshit CGI horny nightmare, he'd be the guy. I'm shocked. If you want to hear more from Alexi, listen to Total Reboot with the both of us. We talk about movies and follow him online at This Is Alexi. Join us next week, cats and kittens, as we dive deeper into the milk bowl with the help of a venerable goddamn litter of comedians. Some who grew up with cats, some who are witnessing it for the very first time. Will they feel the jellical love or will they just fucking hate it? That's next week on Why Is Cats. Why Is Cats is hosted by Cameron James and Ben Elwood for Sans Pants Radio, produced and edited by Sean Allen. Yeah. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.